0: For those of you that have your Bibles, we're going to concern ourselves this morning out of the book of Esther, uh, right after some of the prophets there, Nehemiah, Ezra, over there after the Kings and Chronicles and Esther. Uh, We're going to concern ourselves with verses uh, chapter 4 and verse 14 through 16. May we stand as we share out of God's word. in the fourth chapter, starting in the 13th verse, then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thy all together hold thy peace at this time, then shall their their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father house shall be destroyed, and who know whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai, this answer, Go, gather together all the Jews uh, that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go and unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish." I would like to focus on, for today, the eternal hand of God moving in the shadows. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to be talking about the providence of God. When we think in terms of the providence of God, we we think in terms of such words as predestinated, or preordain things that God has already prearranged to play. Uh, whether we know it or not, God has before the creation of the world had already laid things out the way that he would have it to go. God has a plan and God has a purpose. God will within God's plan within God's purpose, is God's will. And one of the things, whether you believe in God, whether you trust in God, whether you love the Lord, uh, and you're giving all your heart to him, one of the things that will take place is God's will will be done. God's will will be done. And one of the challenges that God has set forth for every Christian, every believer, is that I will become his will. And and, and in order for that to take place, it comes obedience. But as we think in terms of the eternal hand of God moving in the shadows, God is not always going around saying, okay, I'm here or whatever, but God is just moving. You don't have to be seen, but sometimes, every now and then, you might catch that shadow and just say, I know that God is is moving. And as he moves, he's carrying out those things that involve his plan and his will and his purpose. Amen? But you know, unfortunately, as we look at this scripture, I just want to say this, that it's very unfortunate that as we live in a post-Christian era, and what we mean by that when we're seemingly, we're sort of on the downslide, when we're kind of getting farther and farther away from God, uh, things are just, you know, we, we just sometimes do things and just say, you know, maybe that's what the Lord, but we, we're not as as. T- to the things that God would have us to, you know, we just kind of go through the motion. Our heart is really not in it. You know, our heart is really not in it. So when we think in terms of the post-Christian era, where the view and understanding of God and his purpose is often overlooked, it's, I, God, in many cases, down through the centuries, have had a priority, and, and some people would make God the priority. But now, we're not too concerned about what God wants, what his will is, uh, what we overlook those, we overlook Christian values. Some of the things that we do and entertain as what we call ourselves as believers would be unheard of, unspoken of, uh, if we would go back, and some days back, but some of the things that we do, well, we live in a, in a new time. You know, and as I said, Nate is coming in, and he's, he's new in a sense, but the principles and the things out of God's word stands for all eternity. I am so glad that we have scriptures such as uh, Isaiah, the 40th chapter and the 8th verse. Love that verse. You know, you see the flowers, you you, you see the grass. Uh, for those of you who may not know, but in Michigan, I grass just, it just went on. I, I mean, the, the heat and everything. But it, it it parched, the flowers faded. But one of the things that, that Isaiah said uh, that came through with clarity, but the word of God stands. All else might change and fail, but the word of God. And, and so... The, the values and the principles uh, uh, that God has set forth, they're, they're diminishing with each sunrise and sunset. Uh, today we might say we're holding to this. And tomorrow we might get up and say, well, you know, that really wasn't that important, so I really don't have to. So some of the things are Diminishing. It is not uncommon to hear the majority of those who profess to have had a relationship with God say time and time again, I don't know what the purpose uh, is or the direction I should go in. These are believers. One who who serves the creator, the maker, the sustainer, the, the one who is all wisdom and all knowledge one who is ever present, one who is ever near, we as believers, we utter these words, I don't know what God would have me to do. I don't know what my purpose is in life. It is not uncommon in our church settings to hear people say, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I often say to people, ask them. is amazing? Ask them. What, what did Paul say when he was on the road to Damascus? Uh, when he got knocked down, when he came and and clarity rang through that, that this is Jesus, it's hard to kick against the pricks, and he says, Lord, what will thou have me to? What'd he say? Have me to do. He asked him. And oftentimes we walk through and we say, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do. I asked him. Uh, in him we have our being, we have our movement. He is ever near. He's not far from us. So all we got to do is ask them. So so sometimes we don't know what the purpose, we, we don't know what God is, is, is saying to us. You know, when we look at scriptures, God said, uh, we, we say time, we have no idea, but God is speaking to us. We don't have no direction. You know, for the most part, we can conclude that, that we can look at ourselves or look around and, and we can call us, uh, what we're facing and going through in these days is what we would call tumbleweed Christians. You know what a tumbleweed is? Well, let me just tell you. I found out what a tumbleweed is by uh, watching uh, uh, Sunday, uh, Saturday, Cowboy Saturday, with my wife. Tumbleweeds. You ever seen those tumbleweeds on the cowboy pictures? You know, the guys riding a horse, and you just see these weeds. They go this way and go that way. Tumbleweeds, wherever the wind blows. And so we're living in a time where theres we as believers say we love the Lord. We're supposed to have an anchor, but we have become tumbleweeds. We're looking for the next best thing. We're going wherever the wind blows. Isn't that amazing? And we say we're anchored in Christ. But, But we look at that tumbleweeds, Christians, going going in whatever directions the wind blows, and believing whatever sounds good the next day. Let me just say, God never intended for the believers to be tumbleweeds or to be tossed and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Paul says to those who was in Ephesus, uh, the 13th verse, uh, he, he tells us that, that we're to be rooted uh, we're, we're, we're to not to be carried about with every wind and this and that, but we're to have that anchor. And so when we look at God's word from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 we have a common thread that's all the way from Genesis 1-1 in the beginning and, and where God gives his final words. We have that common thread where we can see the plan and purpose Uh, God for his creation and the things that God has set in order. It's a common thread. Yeah, though we see uh, God building a nation, though we see prophecy, though we see covenants being made, God's, all of those prophecies, all of those covenants is tied in with the purpose and plan of God. And when we see ourselves, if we was created for his honor, we was created for His glory, for His purpose, for, for the means, and so we need to begin to, to to look at those things. So God has a plan, He has a purpose. Look what the uh, word says out of Second Timothy, picking up the ninth verse. It says, "God, who has saved us and called us with a holy call, uh, with a holy calling, not according to the works." but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. God, know the foreknowledge, the predestination. Now, when we get in those biblicals and theological discussions, uh, there's different schools of thoughts when individuals begin to talk about predestination, preordain, and, and before the world began. I I just want to say there's, even though there's different schools of thought, that means that we don't quite understand it. But God has given us enough to understand. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belongs unto who? Belongs unto God. But he has given unto us those things that we can understand. So there's some things that is hard to comprehend. How could God predestinate? How can God preordain? God did it. And his will is going to be done, so there are some things that was before the world began, but God is all-powerful, almighty, and, and has many ways to ensure his plan and purpose and will will be fulfilled. And God's hand is many times moving, moving in the, in the shadows. When we come to this book of Esther, and we come to our text, the book of Esther has no mention of God in it. The book of Esther does not deal with any prophecies uh, per se. It doesn't deal with any covenants in there. It deals with a sustaining and the survival of a people and how somebody planned and plotted to get rid of them. But yet we see the hand of God moving to ensure that his people would continue on. Isn't that amazing? Uh, uh, let me just say this, and, and, and at all times, we as believers, we should give God all the glory and all the honor. But just sometime, we, we, we shouldn't have to you know show up just to, and, and, and let people, you know, you know how some people do every other word is praise the Lord and this and that. And begin you begin to say, wow, this is really interesting. Is they really, did they just have tea with Jesus or something? You, you know, it's, but I want to say that sometimes we just need to live it instead of saying it. Let, let people know. Be that reflection. Sometime, uh, you know, we're pretty good talkers. But do we really back up? And sometimes we just need to live it. Don't say a word. Just, that, just be that reflection of Jesus. As he leads you, as he guides you, follow him and be directed by him. But, but we come to the book of Esther, there, there is no mention of God. There's nothing about prophecies that is to be fulfilled. There's nothing about the covenants that when we look in the book of, uh, 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 of Genesis, we see the covenants and different things that God gave. And as different one came on, we see certain prophecies that was given and then we see the fulfillment of it. But we don't have that in the book of Esther. But what do we have in the book of Esther? Esther is the most profound uh, it gives a profound message and picture of the providence, the providence of God at work. The book of Esther, as we say, it shows the eternal hand of God moving and allowing situations and individuals to be in the right place at the right time. Isn't that amazing how God can work? It, you know, we talk about Accident, incidental, coincidence, and things like that. But when we're moving in God, there is nothing about it was a mistake, it was an accident. Some of the hardest things that we face as believers, God has put it there he has allowed it to be. And sometimes we're screaming, we're hollering and saying, Lord, what have I done? It's not always about what you've done. It's about God is at work. You are his workmanship created unto good works. And to get you there, there are some things that he has to knock off. He has to polish. He has to buff. Uh, Those jewelers that that sparkles up those uh, rings, you ladies wear. I'll leave that alone, but... But, but they don't just, they just don't get that sparkly. There's some buffing. Uh, to get set in that ring, there's some cutting. And so we as believers, are if we're going to be the diamond, if we're going to be that sparkling, there's some cutting, there's some buffing, there's some grinding. And so God is stretching us. And so don't always uh, uh, be on the offense. Lord, Lord what did I do? I always say to people again, you know what you've done. (laughs) You ain't got to ask that question. Don't even go there, right? But God is, is making us so that we can bring honor and glory to him. And so when we look at the book of Esther, he's allowing situations. He's allowing individuals to be in the right place. The providence of God is like two cars on an intersection, uh, on a highway. And, 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 and God wants them to, to, to meet up. And so some way this car going north and this car going south, and there's an intersection. And so happened at that particular time, they meet up. And that's how God arranges the things when we think in terms of the providence of God. Sometimes we're going through things we can't explain it, we don't know what's going on, but we arrive at the time in the place where God wants us to be. Isn't that amazing? And we, we, we say God is what? He's omniscient. He's all-knowing God. And and you know, somebody said this to me, God is never surprised. Now put a perspective on that. You you know, we might be surprised. You you know, there's some things that take us unaware. There's some things that overtake us sometimes. But the God in which we serve, he's never surprised. Here we are saying, God says, hey. Uh, Amen. So, So God makes sure that we intersect at the time, at the place where we should be. We might start off here with a set of circumstances because of this, this person is over here doing this, but God say, I have made it where they are going to and for my purpose and for my plan and according to my will. And so we, we look at that. So God allows certain things, and it's all according to fulfill his will. So here in the book of Esther, there's 10 chapters. And in the book of Esther, there's four main characters. There's the king, Hashur-era, and his prince, Haman. We have Esther and Mordecai. Basically, they're the four main characters in this particular book. And God is going to use them in different ways. Here's a king married to Vestai, had a great party, last for days. Boy, I tell you, they, they, they you know, you, we think we party now, but they had it going on. And, and so he got, she had her party, and so he called for He said, I, I want to show her off. I want everybody to see, see my lady, you know, called. She said, I ain't coming. I ain't coming. He got upset. And he said, what am I going to do? And so he got some advice. They say, well, if you don't do something, we're going to have trouble on our hands. And so they advised him, and so he says, you're no longer queen. You fired. You're, you, you just gone about your business. And so he fired her, but yet he wanted to, to know about what, what am I going to do now? I don't have a queen. So we have Esther really brings in the first uh, beauty contest. Because, say, they went around to Providence and got all these different womens and virgins and said, we're going to do this. And for six months, they, they prepped themselves. You know, some of you ladies, you might do a couple of hours, but they did it. Uh, they, they prepped themselves six months. They did this six months. They was in the myrrh and all of that. And so it, it came time for the king to select one to be the queen. All of this. Here, Esther, uh, her... Her name there is as you to die. She was, uh, and her uncle Mordecai was brought as captive here. And so God had arranged some things. So here all of these things is at work. And, and so she was selected. She was selected. I wonder, you know, when we look at certain things, you know, wow, did that just, no, God was in the plan. The providence of God at work. Moving, his hand is in the shadow. And so let's just cut to the chase. Eventually, she was selected as a queen, selected as a queen. The king says, I like her and whatever. And so here's the, here's the thing. And her uncle Mordecai was there, and, and this guy Haman, he, he didn't like him, and he, he didn't bow down to him, and he was upset. And so as a result of that, he, he went to the king, and he says, we need to get rid of these people. They don't act right, they don't assimilate, they don't, they don't fit in. And so we just need to get rid of them. And Mordecai had did the king a favor. Isn't that amazing how God opened up that door for him to know that there were some people planning on killing the king, he made it known, Esther told the king, they recorded it in their chronicles, and that was there. You would look at that and say, that was there. You, you know, we sometimes look at things and say, well, it just happened so nobody really cares. But God had that done. And so when Haman had got permission from the king to do away with all the Jewish people throughout all the providence, kill them, take all their properties and everything, and Haman, he, uh, uh, Haman had did some great things. He was exalted by the king, and he, he had an inflated ego. Uh, have you been around anybody, inflated egos, you know? take three hands to pat themselves on the back Uh, they have a a a high self-esteem and and so Haman really had this and so he really felt that he he was in the driver's seat but but let me just say this you know we live in challenging times and there's a lot of things going on and there's some individuals there they're puffed up and they're all of this. but when it's all said and done there's only one that's going to get the glory there's only one that's going to get the honor. So don't get upset. Don't, don't get upset. But let's, let's move forward. So we have these individuals. And so we have this plot on the foot, as Sherlock Holmes would say. Uh, they're, they're, they're ready to, to, to do something. And so as they plan, that this information is given to Mordecai. And so he hears about it. And just so happened, God has Esther there as queen. Now, if you would look uh, at the 11th verse in the, in the fourth chapter here, Mordecai said, Esther, you need to go. You need to talk to the king. But Esther says, there's, there's something preventing me. Look what it says in verse 11 of the fourth chapter. Esther said this to Mordecai, and all the king's servants and the people of the king's providence do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king in into the inner court who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter, that he may live, but I have not been called to come in unto the king for these 30 days. Mordecai, I I would gladly go, but but there's a law, and I, I haven't been called. And then this is where we begin to focus in and home in on the providence of God. Mordecai sent a message back to her and said, Esther, you need to rethink this. Mordecai makes it known that, yes, God will make a way and deliver, but he says, who know if the Lord or if you have come to the kingdom at what? Such a time as this. We're here for such a time as this. And as we're here to, to see some of the things that God has opened up the door for Nate, I, I, I don't want to put it all on him and say, well, it's all about him at such a time as this. But one of the things that we need to understand as God's people, we're all put here for such a time as this. Not only is the providence, the hand of God working and, and, and took a young man from the city of Inkster, and brought him here, allowed him to finish and achieve some of the things there in school, but now he's here at such a time as this. God is moving in the lives of every believer to position them, get them where they need to be at such a time as this. And that's, that's what we've got to begin to understand. If you identify yourself with Christ, Jesus as my Savior, Jesus as my Redeemer, Jesus as my Lord. He's my King of kings. He's my Lord of lords. And one day I will see him face to face. He has brought me where? Here at what? Such a time as this. And that's what we've got to understand. God is working that the ministry will continue on. God is using individuals on your job, in your school, in your neighborhood. God has you there for what? Such a time as this to be used, to, 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 to show God's goodness. I like what Paul says in the third chapter of 2 Corinthians when he talks about your eye lily epistles written and red of every man. Mean that, that there are some people who will never pick up a book, but in order for them to know about Jesus, be able to see Jesus, they're going to see it in you, your actions and your behavior. And, and a lot of us don't forget about that. Don't nobody care. Don't nobody see me. I'm not amazing. The Lord sees you. But, but let's kind of look at this. Haman had a plot. He wanted to do away. Esther was there. She was queen. And so what did she do? She didn't just rush in. She wanted to make sure that there was somebody supporting. So whatever we do, whoever we are, wherever God has brought us at such a time as this, we need the prayers of the righteous. And I am so glad what James says, and and, and the prayers of the righteous availeth what? And amen. You guys have been reading your Bible. Keep reading. Keep reading. Amen. It does. Prayer makes a difference. Don't discount it. Don't feel that these words are whatever. If, if you're seeking God in the right way, in the right manner, his ears are open and he will hear. And God is able to do great and exceeding things. And so Esther said this when Malachi, uh, Mordecai says, God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. That resonated her. I'm, I'm not just queen just to walk around and, and, and flaunt and get this and get that, but there's a purpose, there's a reason. God didn't save you, God didn't send Jesus here to die on the cross just to say, see what I did? But he died to redeem us, to cleanse us, and, and, and take away all the guilty stain so that we could stand in the eyes of God just as we, what, never sin. So that we could be a sanctified people, set aside for the, for, for the things of God. And so she said this. She said, okay, I get it. I get it. And so her response to him was, she said, go and gather together. All the Jews that are present and shoe-shot and fast; yet for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king. I'll go. And here's what she said: she, she she was resolved. Uh, she 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 came to a conclusion. See, many of us, we, we as believers, we, we say, well, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. I don't know if, if whatever. She says, look, here's where I am. I get the message. I'm brought to the kingdom well, for what? Such a time as this. And, uh, and God has, even though we don't have that God there in the book, she really believed that there was something at work. And she says, I, "I'm resolved." And so she resolved in such a way. And what did she say? She said this: "And if I perish, I perish." And she says, I, "I'm ready to take a stand." I, I'm so glad. Uh, and talking with Nate on the phone, he says, "Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to take a take a stand. Uh, if God has called me at such a time as this, I, I, I'm ready." Uh, they, they, they they can love on me, but if they don't, all right, <laughs> if they don't, I, I believe this is what God has brought me here for at what? Such a time as this. It, it's not, in, in our Christian service, it's not all the way about uh, 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 the good things. You know how many of us, we feel that we got saved and we became exempt? not tax-exempt, but exempt from the trials and tribulations and, and the ugliness of this world. But, but I just want to say God use those things uh, to the good to make us into what we need to be. And so she was resolved, and she says, if I perish, I perish. And that's where many of us should be today. We should know in our heart that no matter what comes, or what may befall us, what struggles, what tribulations, is that if I perish, God still has the best for me. Isn't that amazing? Because Jesus assured us when he was getting ready to go, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I tell people, and I run over there to Hebrews 13, 5, and then he says it again, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We serve a God that assures us that he's standing with us. He will never fail us. I like what it, what, what, what it says over in Lamentation where it says, Great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. He will not let you down. He will be there when everybody else is gone. God is faithful. He is faithful. He says, I, I, and, he, and he's not a man that he should lie. Amen? But let me just go ahead. I see the timekeeper pushing me on, but let me just go on. When we think of Esther and, and the providence of God, as I say, there's, there's no mention of God here. But we see God at work. We see his hand moving. Uh, Haman uh, I, I, would, I would encourage you, if you haven't read it, read it. It's, just, it's, it's, it's really something awesome. When you look at it, he's planned, he done built a gallow. He's going to hang Mordecai. Uh, the king asked him about what should he do for the man that, that saved his life, and how should he, rep- he said um Haman says, thinking he was thinking about him, he says, well, you ought to put your robe on him. You, you, you ought to put your crown on him. You, you ought to get a white your white horse and and, and and let somebody lead him down the road. And the king says, that's what I'll do. And Haman got all excited. He said, Go get more Ooh, <laughs> Woo! You're talking about deflation. But God is in the plan. Those that 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 is trying to work bad against you. We, we have another Joseph situation here. The brothers that, which meant evil for them, God meant what? Good for them. Isn't that amazing? And, and so we see this. And so God worked things out. God worked those things out for them. Uh, just to say this, uh, if you want to see the plot, it's, it's over there in the third chapter, the eighth and the ninth verse. Get a chance, look at that. Uh, so we see God raised up Esther. We see an uncle that was concerned and, and, and he wanted to see the best for God's people. And so God worked in their behalf. You know, when we think of the providence of God, we, 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 we look at some scriptures. Here, Pharaoh, when, when Moses and all uh, uh, the, the people of, of Israel was there in Egypt, Pharaoh says, I, we get too many of these Hebrew children born. It, it, Moses' mother and father stood up and, 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 and hid their son out. They didn't do what the orders of Pharaoh. Put him in a little basket. not that amazing? Uh, put, put his sister Miriam out there to watch over him in the water. Pharaoh's daughter shows up. Oh, here's a little baby. Now here she is coming to take a bath. Here the sister is. But whose hand is at work? And all of a sudden she looks at him and, and God makes that attachment. Isn't that something? And, and, and the mother get paid to raise her child. I know some of you mothers saying, Lord, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> then we look at, we look at when, when, when Israel cried out and said, we need a king, we need a king. Now, I, I just want to say this. Now, uh, when God's providence is at work, you're sti- you still can make a choice. But he calls Saul, and, and, and the story goes that that Saul's father, animals, got away. And as a result of, of that, he sent Saul and a servant out to go find them. God has spoke to Samuel, the priest's prophet, at that particular time and says, you're going to meet this person at such and such a place. He said, okay, that's fine with me. If you say that's going to happen, that's going to happen. And that should be our conclusion. If God says it's going to happen that way, what should we say? I'm all right with it, Lord. I ain't, it's your prerogative. I'm just here to carry out your will. And, and the story goes that as they looked and whatever, and the Lord said, you're going to meet him in a little while, and he showed up. Isn't that amazing? Samuel showed up. Saul was able to communicate with him. It really wasn't about the animals, but that was all part of God's plan. There, there's some time that it's not about all of this, but God is getting you where you what? need to be at a particular time and in a particular place. And so we see that. We see a a, a Pharisee, uh, a a church hater, reaping havoc of the church, getting letters from from the leaders and saying, I'm going to Damascus, and I'm going to bring those people that's in the way. I'm, I'm going to bring them back, and we're going to put them in jail. Isn't that amazing? Here he is with his little company. You know, he's got papers in his hand. Some people got some things and they think they got all authority. But I know somebody who sits high and looks low. That's got all authority, all power in his hand. And as he went, he wrote and it said it was at noonday and there was a great light to shine. The last thing that, that Saul, who became Paul, was looking for a great light. He was looking to go get those people. I got papers. You guys come on, screaming, hollering, whatever. You bring them on. We taking them back. I got the authority. Never envisioned, but God had made that plan. Isn't that amazing? Here he was going for a different reason. God showed up, knocked him off whatever he was on. I don't know if it was a donkey, whatever, horse, whatever, whatever. But those ones around, they just seen all this, but God had that personal encounter with it and when it was all said and done God sent him where he sent him to uh to see uh somebody on straight street and I often look at that yes straight street but when we get saved where we need to be on straight street amen we need to be on on straight street we don't need to be going back to my old friends and and back over here and doing that get where God wants you to get And he prayed for him, and he was used in great ways. And so we see the providence. We see God at work. And so as we come here today, I have seen God do great things. I am so thankful. I am so thankful that the Lord saved me, worked in my heart, where I could begin to try to impart now now I, I really appreciate those kind words that Nate gave, and, and, and you know, most of it's true, but there were some times, there, there were some times, you know, how, how most people say, "I thought you was a Christian." Now now let's just get real here, OK? Now, I, there were some times, there were some things, there were some thoughts, or whatever, but I just want to say this, God remained faithful. If I poured, if I became that mentor, it was all because of the Lord. If I became that coach that God wanted me to be, it was all because of the Lord. It was the Lord that showed me how I needed to love my wife, how I needed to love my children and raise them uh, as best I could. Uh, You know, as I stand here today, I, I really appreciate when, when, when people come up and say, boy, you really, no, let me just say this. And I'm not just saying this just to say, well, you know, you know how some people try to say, oh, it's not about me. But really in their mind, they're saying, it's all about me. (laughs) But but I, I am not trying to say that, and I'm saying this with honesty. Because I know what God can do. I know that God is able to do things beyond what we could even begin to imagine. And I believe that as we believe in God and trust God, he wants the best, and he's going to do the best. He sent his best, and so we ought to serve uh, the very best that we can. And so I just want to say to you, I appreciate uh, those encouraging words, but I just want to say, I, I want to give the glory. I, I want to acknowledge the one that, that did it all. I, I, I want to let you know, I want to tell the whole story I'm not going to tell half of it. It was the Lord. It was by him, by his mercy, by his love, and by his grace that he poured into us. I thank God today. It was the Lord. And so I celebrate with you all. I rejoice with you all for this awesome thing that God is doing because he's a what? Awesome God. And and I just want to say, just kind of focusing on Esther. As God used Esther, as God used Mordecai to push back, I just pray that, that, that through the guidance and through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, God would use Nathan and, and your leaders, your pastors that stand with him, uh, that, that you all would be able to push against those forces that try to come against you. And that the story of uh, Forest part would be is that they love the Lord. They believe in God. And you know what? They're living for God. You, you know, I've seen people who says, uh, I go to a church, uh, they, they, they teach the word. And, but you know, I just want to say this as I get ready to close. It's not enough to hear the teachings of God's word. When it comes to the gospel, it, it says the gospel is to be preached. The gospel is to be illust- illustrated. And the gospel is to be lived that, that is so key. Uh, we, we talk about going to church. We talk about knowing things in the Bible. But, but when we come to what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, when we look at Matthew's the, the fifth chapter and the 16th verse, it, it, there, there's a message for each and every one of us. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works and do what? Glorify the Father." And that's what it's all about. When it's all said and done, no matter who moves here, no matter who goes there, uh, it's all according to God's plan, God's purpose, and it's all according to his will whereby he would get the glory. And how we need to begin to let people know we serve a God that is worthy of all praise. We serve a God that is worthy of all honor. He's worthy, he's worthy of all praise and all honor. And we need to let them know we're living too much like undercover Christians today. Isn't that amazing? Are you a Christian? Uh, what day is it? <laughs> the providence of God is at work. There's no accident. It's no coincidence. And all of you that are here at such a time as this, as Nate resolved, as those who serve alongside of him, and as you as a church family, be resolved. Just like Esther said, if I perish, I perish. And you as a church need to say, we're going to stand. We're going to stand on the word of God no matter what may come. I remember people used to say come hell or high water and I'm not cussing now but come hell or high water we going what? We going to be here because we believe God has planted us here, placed us here, and we're going to see great things done because we serve a great God who is able to do great things. We're going to see souls saved. We're we're going to evangelize the community. We're going to see holes punched in the darkness. We're going to see darkness pushed back. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll do what? I'll draw all men unto me. Souls saved, children taught, disciples made, whereby the work and the ministry of Christ is going forth and whereby Jesus will be lifted up honored and glorified. What a privilege. What a privilege, what an honor. And we just thank you. And if you haven't heard it from my wife and I, we, we truly thank you for taking in Nate and Red and and, and the children. But uh, don't love on the grandchildren, it's too much now. Okay? You're doing okay, but you don't have to push it. now. <laughs> The providence of God is at work. And who knows if God has brought you here at such a time as this, and God's hands is working in the shadows. Gracious and eternal Father, what a joy, what a privilege. We thank you for your word that is from everlasting to everlasting. And I pray, dear Lord, that as we are here to join in at Forest Baptist, to celebrate with them the great things that you're doing, and they as a people serving a great God who is able to do beyond what we could even begin to imagine. Lord, we count it a privilege. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. And we just thank you, dear Lord. We say, Glory. Glory, hallelujah, for all that you've done. May you continue to keep your hand upon this flock, upon this congregation. And may you allow your Holy Spirit to provide the vision. For in your word it says where there is no vision, the people perish. And as they have that vision, may they have those resources uh, to turn this community and surrounding communities like, like Paul and Silas, uh, it was said of them, two men that's turning the world upside down. Lord, may they turn this community upside down for Jesus. Whereby hearts and souls will know what it is to be saved and, 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 and that salvation that comes through Christ is secure and is eternal. And those who believe and receive will one day see their Savior face to face. Lord, may you bless, and may you continue to be the God of this house. And may it be like in the days of Jacob, as he fled from his brother, as he lay down there at night. And as he looked up and seen the ladder of God and the angels ascending and descending, and he says, surely, surely the Lord is in this place. Lord, may you be here. May you abide. And like on the day of Pentecost and when the Holy Spirit came and filled the whole house and filled those, may you fill each and every one that comes in and out the door. Equip them and prepare them for ministry and whereby beyond these four walls, people will know that Jesus is Lord. He is Savior and he is Redeemer. Lord, bless, we pray. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen.